have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? Um, you look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25000 How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guys Day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. And welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. This is episode 113, and we are coming to you, well, not live anymore. It's on tape delay, but hey, you know what else? It's my anniversary today. Me and my wife together for 14 years. That MVP is upstairs right now, and I'm spending my anniversary with my main man, my main squeeze man from fantasy, Mr. Major, way too major, double F. How you doing, Major? I'm good, man. Yeah, happy anniversary to you and your wife. Uh, tell her my apologies for taking you away from her for this short hour. We're going to make this show real quick so you can get back to action and do what you got to do. Um, yeah, man, let's let's get this going. We do. There's some news and notes that we got to get to. Hey, this is our Super Bowl preview show. We are going to review the conference championships, talk about what we learned in those games, and we are going to look forward to the Super Bowl and how those lessons learned a couple weeks ago work out for the Super Bowl this week. By the way, happy birthday, Matthew Stafford. This is Matthew Stafford birthday week. We are, you know what? And we're going to get into this here too when we talk about the Super Bowl. We are not talking about, we love revenge games here on the Viper cast. Andrew <laughs> Whitworth revenge game. Huh? No one's talking about it. No one's talking about it. We will certainly talk about it. And once we're done talking about all that, we are going to get into our wide receiver watch list. We are going to get into our dynasty rankings here. You're going to want to stick around for part one, part two, part three. Let's kick it old school and let's get to the news and notes. Starting with the GOAT himself, Tom Brady has retired we can go on and on about tom brady this tom brady that but major i want to ask you not for your thoughts but what you're going to remember tom brady for most of all i think i'm going to remember him for just how long he played at at a at a high level like most quarterbacks you see them even all players actually you see them it's like a gradually it goes up and then right off the cliff but he was still in the MVP race this year. Like, the guy is just Teflon, man. A guy would not quit his toughness. Uh, I'm not his biggest fan at all. I I don't want to use the word hate, but a little bit closer to that side of the, of the, of the spectrum. But I, I do respect his grit. I do respect – you have to have some grit to come uh, from being an undrafted uh, – quarterback who looked like Matt Donnelly running in the 40 to being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I have to give him some kind of love. And my most, my favorite season of his is the one with Randy Moss, where you could really see him throw the ball downfield. Cause that's one uh, aspect of his game that really isn't um, talked about, um, you know, in, in our, in our field, we just talk about the dink and dunks for the most part, but the guy could throw the ball down the field. You can see it with Randy Moss, and that was one of the greatest seasons ever. 
Uh, didn't he break the record for touchdowns that year? He did, and then I think uh, Peyton Manning rebroke it after yeah, that or before. Yeah. I can't remember how it all transpired there, but yeah, you, you know, know what? what? I, I, I'm with you here. So, you know, Major, after your career as a junior college running back at the College <laughs> of the Canyons, there, you were pretty much done with football after that, right? No, it wasn't, bro. I went and I went on and played some D two ball. Like, put some respect on my name. Okay, so you went on to D2, which we don't talk about nearly enough on the show. Actually, I don't think we've ever talked about your D2 career. But let's put this into perspective with Tom Brady. D2, when you were done at D2, was your body willing to go on? If you had an opportunity, was your body willing to continue for you? Yeah. I Yeah. I was just sidetracked with a lot of different things called life. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm in good condition now. So, But I know some people who – Knees hurt, elbows hurt, neck hurt, everything's hurt. And they only went, you know, they stopped playing in high school. So it just depends on how you take care of yourself. And that's another feather in his cap. This, the like we talk about the mama mentality all the time. We never really talk about the TB12 program, you know. So I think you might get into that a little bit. Yeah, that TB12. I mean, longevity is the key here for Tom Brady. It's not just longevity. It's not like Bruce Matthews' longevity. Although Bruce Matthews was one of the greats on the offensive line. Tom Brady did this at the quarterback position. And his longevity was not just like Morton Anderson. We talked about him and Gary Anderson and John Anderson and Bo Anderson and Tom. I'm just making up a bunch of Andersons. I'm say a lot of Andersons. Yeah, there's a lot of Andersons. But, you know, <laughs> we're talking about these guys. But Tom Brady played the quarterback position and he played it at the top level for 22 years. I right. mean, once, and here's a, I'll keep going back to this because Tom Brady, I will use the word hate for 21 or 20 years of his career. I hated him. The right. tuck rule. If it wasn't for the tuck rule, Tom <laughs> Brady, Tom Brady himself has said, if it wasn't for that tuck rule, he might've been Drew Bledsoe's backup quarterback next year. And that, think about that the is franchise exactly. the Raiders would have had if that call never happened. You know, that, that was that was maybe the best team that the Raiders had yep. in a long time. That was a team that definitely could have potentially won the Super Bowl that year. But here, I'm going to go with Tom Brady. Because the one thing I'm going to pull from this is I hated Tom Brady as a Patriot. There was no doubt about it. He was almost robotic. No personality. The Patriot way. Right. You get him into Tampa Bay, the little tequila on a boat. Now Tom Brady becomes one of my favorite players in the National Football League. You know he's what? I'm posting, with you on that. He's I'm posting on that. social media. He's doing like those old school 90s commercials where he's throwing the ball back into the jug machine, having a kick back out to him. The personality that you saw, like Gronk, Gronk was able to Gronk in New England, but Tom Brady had to toe that company line or so it seemed. I don't know what was going right. on behind closed doors. Maybe he was a party animal with Gronk behind closed doors. He just had to give that persona to the public. But when he got right. to Tampa Bay, it's like, you know what? I'm in Tampa. Let's do it. Let's get jiggy with it. A little welcome to Miami. <laughs> welcome to Tampa Bay type style for Tom Brady. I don't, I don't think he was saying let's get jiggy with it, Matt. Sorry. I bet you he said it on the boat. <laughs> your boat. But, hey, you know what? I digress here because Tom Brady, he won his way into my heart with those years in Tampa Bay. Having that personality show through, I'm like, okay, this guy isn't a huge jackass, which I thought all the time in New England. So, you know what? That's what I remember him. I don't remember him as the father-kissing quarterback of the Patriots. I remember him as party Brady for the, the Buccaneers. So, for me, that's kind of what where I'm going from a hate to love with Tom Brady. Now, speaking of things that we hate to see, 
We're going to get into the Pro Bowl a little bit later, but there was some news that came out of the Pro Bowl in regards to Alvin Kamara. I'm going to throw it over to you and just kind of say, hey, what does all this news mean for Alvin Kamara going into 2022? Honestly, you know, uh, this I hate talking about players getting in trouble with the laws. It's, it gets a little old and it's kind of embarrassing for the most part, but with with Alvin, I, I was reading what happened, and I, I think he's not in the wrong. Yes, he's wrong for beating the guy up, but you know the guy was trying to push his way onto the elevator with Kamara and, and four of his friends. Um, Kamara puts his hand out, like or not not even him. One of his guys put his hand out, like, "Hey, catch the next one." The guy starts getting crazy. They beat him up. I don't know why Kamara even put himself in there on video kicking a guy and all that extra stuff because you have your buddies there for that reason, his bodyguards and whatnot. Um, your fall and guys. Your fall guys. You have the fall guys. Well, you have them around. That's what your entourage is there for, so you don't have to do that type of stuff. Um, but the guy, let me pull up his name, because this guy, it seems like he should get beat up. One, the guy's online already talking about he's getting paid. So you know it was one of those things where he was trying to provoke them to get that reaction, right? His name is his his nickname is Squirt Buck. And he's yeah, that, a club that's... and he's a club promoter. We all know how club promoters are. Those are like the shistiest guys with all due respect, club promoters. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I think he's going to end up paying them off and, you know, he's going to drop his charges unless Vegas wants to press uh, the charges. I think he should be fine. Um, so he, he's still draftable, I think. Yeah. And you know what? Huge shout out to club Viper. Who's been sponsoring this segment of the show. No, uh, shout out to fantasy points media group. They are bringing the Viper cast to you once again, this week, like every week, head over to fantasypoints.com And if you get there before the super bowl, during the super bowl, anytime before, after the super bowl, you can get yourself 30% off one of the best subscription-based websites out there today. A one-stop shop for all your fantasy football needs. Now, there's nothing I would wipe out when it comes to the Fantasy Points website. Unlike Kyler Murray, who decided to wipe out all Arizona Cardinals information from his Instagram, his Twitter, his, his MySpace. I don't know what he's got going on. But, hey, everything is gone. By the way, I hear pitchers and catchers could be returning for spring training if the strike ends. Uh -oh. So maybe that's his play here. I don't know. But, hey, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, what are you doing, Kyler Murray? Some random Joe basically threw up there on Twitter a few days ago. Everyone kind of ran him out because he's like, yeah, there's a disconnect between Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. So everyone kind of laughed about, oh, who are you? And then, like the day later, the total wipeout of Kyler Murray's Cardinals, whatever you want to call it, it's gone. Every social media platform, no mention of the Cardinals. Maybe he got hacked. I'm sure he got hacked. We're going to hear about how he got hacked here in the next couple of days. I'm sure that's <laughs> you get coming. It. You get it. Yeah, we know how this plays. We've seen this play out in the past. But, hey, I got to ask. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, maybe this is the new generation of the football player and what they do, the social media. I mean, Joe Burrow, basically, when he talks to kids now, he says, stay away from social media. This is a guy, I mean, he's like 42 years old in his second year with the Bengals, but he's basically saying, don't do it. Stay away from social media. There's no point in getting into it. But for Kyler Murray, he couldn't resist. And 
maybe maybe this is where you send him to Green Bay. You bring Aaron Rodgers to Arizona. Everyone's oh, happy. Maybe, so this is a, maybe this is something that just helps everybody out. I don't know, but you definitely can't send Kyler Murray somewhere windy because he will blow away out of the stadium. It's going to happen because he's like 120 pounds and five foot one. So those are our news and notes. We've tied up enough news and notes here. We want to get into a couple things going on. We want to get into the Pro Bowl. We want to get into the Conference Championships. We want to get into the Super Bowl. And we've got a very short period of time to do it. That's why I'm talking very fast. And if you're listening to us on Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, please do not put me at like times two for talking. Because That's what it will sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks here. Okay, Major, Pro Bowl. We just had this go down. What are your likes and dislikes when it comes to the Pro Bowl? Can we just stop the Pro Bowl? Can it just become like a dinner with like an award ceremony and um, maybe like a player meet where the people, the fans can meet and greet with the players or something? This, the game, I only watched like maybe, I think I watched like three snaps and I was out. I started doing something else with the family. I wasn't paying attention to that game. Um, what else? Yeah, the skills competition is cool, but it's just another opportunity for someone to get hurt. You've seen uh, uh, Tyreek Hill kind of pull up a little bit um, with that bad start. He could have chosen the ankle. He could have pulled a hamstring. You don't know what would have happened to one of the best players in the league. Like, we got to just stop. I don't It's. Uh, I don't even know how to fix it. There's no way to fix it because you can't get the players running to, to each other full speed because it's not a real game. And the skill competition, like, we've seen people – Ah, Matt, who's the guy who got hurt um, a few years back when they had it? They were running in the sand. He twisted his knee, kind of ruined his whole career. That was a running back, I think. Yeah, I can't remember that. Literally. Yeah. I, I try to avoid the Pro Bowl for most, like you said. It's never anything good. And there's two trains of thoughts here. Darius Slay put it very elegantly. He's like, hey, listen, a lot of us haven't played in four weeks. The right. Waters haven't done nothing in four weeks. Our season ended. If this game occurs middle of the season, it's different. Our bodies are conditioned different. You're putting us out there into a full contact sport in which we haven't taken any reps. I apologize for the product, et cetera, et cetera. Then you got Trent Brown going, yo, back off. Some of us are free agents. We can't afford to get hurt. Right. So you got both those trades of thought. But hey, hey, I can fix this. Uh-oh. I know Here how we, we can fix this. I'm going to combine what you're saying here. I want to give us an awards banquet, an NFL honors on the Thursday. Let's okay. recognize these guys. Let's bring up all the Pro Bowlers. Let's do a big announcement, you know. And first-time Pro Bowler at quarterback. You kind of announce them. Get the fans into it. Give the fans what they want. Then, you know what? Let's have a I, – I don't mind the skills competition. I think it's kind of fun. I remember not too long ago ESPN would have these pretty cool quarterback uh, – competitions right i like that that was really good but you know what let's bring some of these pro bowlers together let's continue to do that but let's bring in some college all-stars some kids from college looking to get a little extra scouting east west shrine game um the the senior bowl let's bring all these kids in the juniors who declare for the draft right yes bring these guys in all draft eligible players to show their stuff on the big stage with the pro bowlers then saturday you know what Let's have the Senior Bowl on Saturday. I don't care if we move this all-star game, this Pro Bowl, to Mobile, Alabama. Go there, follow the money. But now you've got your Pro the, the college all-stars had their little skills competition with the Pro Bowlers. Could you imagine watching uh, Malik Willis out there? 
hanging out with Kyler Murray and stuff like that. I think it'd be kind of cool. It's a good combination of the two. Then you give them their game on Saturday, their college all-star game. And then Sunday, here's the kicker. I see this around the internet quite a bit, so I can't take credit for this. But you get the two worst teams in the National Football League together, and you have them battled out for the number one seed. Get rid of the Pro Bowl because this matters. Whoever wins this game of the two worst teams in the NFL, they get the number one pick. Boom. Exciting week solved for the National Football League. Heading into the Super Bowl. Gets people talking. Gets people talking about the draft. Gets people talking about the NFL. And it leads right into the Super Bowl. Just like we're going to lead into the Super Bowl here with that. Hold on. NFC, before, you, before you go too fast, oh, man. Come on, dude. I got to give you a round of applause. Yo. You finally got something right. I'm yeah, proud hey, of you, every, man. Every once in a while, Blind Squirrel finds a nut, and twice a day, the clock <laughs> is always right. So, yeah, you know, man, that was that was really good. I didn't think through it that, but that, that seemed like a good weekend. I would sign up. So, yeah, good job. You're gonna have you're going to have all the big name guys there. You're going to have the fans interacting with all the players. Maybe stay out of the elevators. That might be a good idea. But you're going to have <laughs> everyone getting together, and that's what we want. The National Football League wants to bring the fans and the players together. I mean, that is everything right there right so maybe you have kind of like the fantasy football expo maybe you have a few players leading different types of discussion groups and stuff like that maybe raising awareness for certain types of charities that kind of thing i think it'd be a really good thing for the nfl to do now speaking of good things the afc and nfc championships both these games were fantastic i mean we had the Bengals, we had the chiefs we had the 49ers and we had the rams now looking back major chiefs Bengals. Give me a little of a breakdown of that game for you. Yeah, man. You, it seemed it seemed like it was so long ago. It seemed like it was like last season for some, it was like so long ago. But ignorance is bliss. Like the Bengals, I've said it on here the last two or three weeks or whatever. The Bengals don't even know like the gravity of what they're doing. I think they're just going out and having fun. Um, and you can tell, I think they had a moment at the beginning of the game where it kind of set in a little bit where I was like, oh, man, like this is a whole different beast. We got the, the crowd. We got all this extra halftime shows. We got pyrotechnics, all this stuff going on. I think it got to them a little bit. That's why they had that slow start. But talent wins every time, man. You cannot keep talent down. And, I mean, you got a guy like Chase. You got Burrow. Like these two players, is like, this the transformation they did with that team in one season is ridiculous so honestly i don't think they know what's going on hopefully they continue to have that same mentality just like one game at a time go out there have fun don't worry about anything and just let your talent lead they will be okay um but the super bowl is a different beast the super bowl with the 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 radio row and all that good stuff i think they it may kick in a little bit so we'll see if this moment gets too big for them but yeah, at the end of the day, I think they don't even really know what they're doing. They're just going out having fun. Well, it's interesting because the Super Bowl, it's the bright lights of Hollywood. Right. It's totally different down there in Southern California. And you know it's going to be a show. Maybe not an NFL big hot base. We've seen the Rams and the Chargers struggle bringing in their own fan base to their own games. But this is going to be a who's who coming to Hollywood to watch this contest. Radio Row, all the other stuff that you mentioned here. Now, you mentioned ignorance is bliss here when you talk about the Bengals. And you take this one step further. I've been kind of calling them the cardiac cats, right. so to speak. I mean, they've had that moniker in the past that has been there. But you look at this. Their biggest 
asset has been finding ways to win. You know what? You can have all the skill in the world, but if you don't have the will to finish, you've got nothing. If you combine the two like the Bengals have done, lots of teams getting sacked nine times, giving up 68 yards to the Titans would have quit right there on the spot. Done. Game, set, match. Titans are moving on. Not the Bengals. Then the Bengals find themselves trailing 21-3. to Situational football. Big time stop late in the second half. Turn that game around. Yes, they're down 21 to three, but they come out of halftime. And here's the key. They made the proper adjustments while taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. They went from a four-man rush to a three to a two-man rush against the Chiefs, keeping Patrick Mahomes in the pocket where they weren't really containing him in the game. They are making fantastic decisions and adjustments as the game goes, which fits their skill set. You see them again. Titans, again, nine sacks. What do they do against the Kansas City Chiefs? Joe Burrow has been averaging 8.9 yards per attempt against the Kansas City Chiefs. He dropped that down to 6.6 yards per attempt. Getting that ball out much quicker, a huge adjustment there. Joe Burrow nailed it. So I loved what the Bengals are doing as far as adjustments go. Now, 49ers, Rams, what do you got from us for that? Um, Jimmy G. Some people say it wasn't his fault, but I still feel like it was his fault. I think the 49ers came out a little tight. And trying to do too much because they were trying to like overcompensate for Jimmy G's lack of everything. So um, I, it's, I, I think it's just a case of the Jimmy G's man, and that's what I'm gonna keep calling until we get rid of him. And please, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. But um, I don't know. He turned the ball over early, and they tried to recover from that. I think um, he's just not a good quarterback to me and it sucks because that team is ready to go um uh the defense got exposed maybe just a little bit but i do think they were on the field for a lot a lot of the time so i don't know man it's and that rams defense is just a little too much man so i think that was part of it as well but yeah i'm not gonna go give a great analyst take like matt just did on that last game so i'm gonna pitch it to you so you can go ahead and and show off for your anniversary what's going on well if you want more key analytic big breakdowns there head over to the vipers network here where you'll find this show but you'll also find my super bowl preview there which i broke it all down stats and facts and all kinds of numbers if you're interested in that kind of stuff and i also poke a little bit of fun there over uh matthew stafford and cooper cups breakfast dinner dates and stuff like that because that's gonna be key to the super bowl what they had for breakfast and if they shared from the same plate keys to the super bowl right there now i want to caution I want to caution 49ers fans here, but sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. I know everyone wants to move on for Jimmy Garoppolo and his 34 uh, wins to 14 losses and all this other stuff. You want to bring in Trey Lance. He's hot. He's a sexy new toy. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick. Everything's coming up, Trey Lance. Pump the brakes. We've barely seen him so far. I mean, if you cannot be – Jimmy G had a, like, bum shoulder, a bum thumb – and Trey Lance was still not the better option, according to Kyle Shanahan, who made the quarterback decision to keep Jimmy Garoppolo in there. Maybe maybe, maybe Shanahan was wrong. Maybe he was right. Maybe Trey Lance isn't quite ready, and maybe he won't be ready next year. And then you're going to put this unprecedented amount of pressure on this young quarterback, and who knows what happens from there. Now, for me, we talk about the Bengals finding a way to win. 
and how they've battled adversity and this. Well, the Rams, they finally found a way to beat the 49ers. We want to talk about overcoming futility and whatnot. When the team beats you, and I mean beats you, like smacks you right in the mouth six <laughs> straight times within the division. I mean, everything was going against them. When a team has already won two of the first matches and they're meeting for a third time, the team that has won those first two games has won 13 of 20 games prior to this conference championship. And yet the Rams found a way to get the job done. Now, Matthew Stafford had one interception. He really should have had two. I think it was uh, Tart that dropped one right in his hands. Right, that right. probably could have turned the tide of the game. But hey, they ask you how many, not how. And quite frankly, he dropped it. That's how, right? So <laughs> for me, that's the key here for me, what I take from the, the Rams. I mean, we want to talk about the Bengals. I don't know why everyone's calling the Bengals this upset special, this underdog. They're both four seeds. Right. I mean, it's not like the Rams are coming to this as a world beater. They are a four seed. So are the Bengals. They're a four seed. You've got two of the best wide receiver cores in the National Football League meeting. you got two of the top five quarterbacks right now in the National Football League meeting. How is one team an underdog and the other is not? This, for me, we'll talk about this when we get into our predictions. It's a pretty close Super Bowl right now on paper. But the game isn't played on paper, and we know that. Now, what did you learn from those conference championships? And we bring this all together. I really think the Rams should not. I feel like they're like, even though what you just said, it still feels like, I think because the Bengals are a young team and, uh, you know, you have a veteran team in the Rams, I think the Rams should not let up for one second. This Bengals team, again, they play with like this, I don't know, this ignorance of like, they don't understand the moment. Like most teams, when they're super young, they get into a situation and, and the moment gets too big for them. They live in it like, um, Joe Burrow, he's you know the cigar man. They have music in the locker room. They dancing. They're having a good time. There, it's like they have no worries. So like, I I think the Rams need to stay on their toes and 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 stay in this game because if you let up for one second, like you said, the cardiac cats are gonna gonna bite. And I, I keep going back to your your uh, your ignorance is bliss. I mean, sometimes you're too young and dumb to know better. Exactly. Right? That's, that's exactly. I mean, we've saying. all been there. I know I've been exactly. young and dumb, and the only thing that's changed is I've gotten older. So the dumb part <laughs> still stays there for me, but they don't know the situation. I don't think yet. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll continue to be ignorant to the situation throughout this whole week, or maybe it'll finally hit them this week. I don't know. I can't see it. Joe Burrow, absolute stud, and that pains me as an Alabama fan to give kudos to Joe Burrow. Now, for me, what I learned from these these games, these conference championships, the Rams' strength is the Bengals' weakness. And matchups make games. Now, we could talk about the Cardiac Cats, like I said, from Cincinnati and whatnot. How, if you're getting sacked by Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, nine times, this Rams offense is better than what you faced in Tennessee. You cannot allow that to happen. And for the Rams, don't tug on Superman's cape. Right. Jalen Ramsey, Shut up. Stay away from Evan McPherson. This kicker has three nicknames for crying <laughs> out loud. You don't pick on a kicker with three nicknames. How many kickers do you know that have three nicknames? What are those kickers nicknames? are people too. What's the nicknames? Quick. What's I don't know. Quick. One's like 
Kicker McGavin or something, a little Shooter McGavin type of Happy Gilmore stuff. I don't know. He's got like three nicknames. I, I don't pay that much attention to kickers, even though kickers are people. Too. But if I'm Jalen Ramsey, stay out of that. Stay away from the kicker. Don't even go there. I know you wanted to get in Robbie Gold's face, but stay away from Evan McPherson because he's been money all season. Now, what are your keys to this game, the Super Bowl? Uh, my keys to the game is going to be Ramsey versus Chase. Like I think that's going to be the key to the whole thing. If if Ramsey can uh, line up on Chase man to man, it'll free up that defense to to blitz and do whatever else they need to do to get to uh, Joe Burrow to to stop this offense attack. Um, so that's that's the key to the game. I'm keeping my eye on. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, it's going to be a great chess match seeing the coaches, number one, move these players around, trying to get Chase in motion, uh, see if Ramsey will go with him in that motion or if they're going to play like a zone scheme or if they're going to cover three, cover two, um, or if they're going to just go man-to-man and, and let Ramsey go against Chase. I think that I'm excited even talking about it. I, I love these matchups. I love when uh, coaches and 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 players get to really showcase their talents and i think this is going to be one of those matches yeah i like that ramsey chase matchup too i don't think we're going to see ramsey shadow or foam across the field but i guarantee you in crucial situations uh-huh. situations you you're got going it. to see <laughs> ramsey and chase matching up it's going to happen if it's a third down and four ramsey's going to be on chase i guarantee you if it's a key moment of the game ramsey is going to be on chase guaranteed now for me it's the offensive line versus the defensive lines on both sides of the ball. If you are going to beat this Rams team, you have to hold Matthew Stafford under 100 rating. If he's over 100, the Rams are 11-0 and 0 this season. That, it, them's the facts. They're unbeatable if, if Stafford's over 100 for his rating. Now, you're not going to be able to blitz him because against the blitz, he's a 139.6 rating in the, in the regular season. So you've got to get pressure with three, four guys, which we know the Bengals can do. And the Bengals can do this with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard over on the right tackle there. Uh, I think it's Havenstein. They can attack him. Havenstein's given up seven sacks, the most of any offensive lineman on that Rams. Now, on the flip side, we know that Joe Burrow has been sacked 51 times. He's been sacked, I think, nine plus two plus one. Give me the quick math, 12 times in the playoffs here so far, right? So you, you can get to him in the playoffs. The Rams have the most sack, or not the most sacks. They've got 50 sacks on the regular season, which was the third most. And if you look at it, Vaughn Miller, seven sacks in his last seven games. Aaron Donald, seven sacks in his last eight games. These are going to be the keys. Turnover battle. Like This is something I'm watching. The Rams have a turnover in 10 straight games. The Bengals have two turnovers created in the last three games. So that's six turnovers in the last three games. Who's going to get those situational, those big plays at those crucial moments and protect your quarterback because they both need time. Whether that's the quick game, the screens, the bubble screens, getting those draws to the running backs, someone's going to have to step up. Now, Major, give me that prediction. Who do you got winning? Super Bowl LVI. Yeah, so I don't want to toot my horn, but I'm going to toot it. I've been right the whole playoffs for the most part. I think I got the 49ers one wrong, and that was just because I was trying to hedge my uh, bet there. But I'm going to go Rams win a championship 24 to 18. You know what? I wish I could disagree with you. I think right last time I checked, the Bengals were four and a half point dogs right now. 
We both have this as a six-point spread. And I've got the Rams winning this one too, mostly because I want to win this one for Matthew Stafford. I want to see Andrew Whitworth get that Super Bowl. I think they're two very deserving players. And for Stafford, I think a Super Bowl cements him as a Hall of Famer, period. And a discussion. Look at the numbers. He's right up there with some of the greats. By the way, Super Bowl history, there's only one set of brothers who've won MVP awards, and those are the Manning brothers. And Eli, he gets talked about as a Hall of Famer. Matthew Stafford, in my opinion, better than Eli Manning. Now, for me, I got this as Rams winning 30-24. to Now, before we get into our wide receiver watch list, part two of the show, I encourage you, please, head over to FantasyPoints.com, get that subscription to that service, and you will be able to catch Major and Nick Script killing it Every Sunday morning of fantasy football season, they are bringing the heat each and every week. <laughs> Not to mention, you get Graham Barfield, Joe Dolan, the guru himself, John Hansen. I mean, we can go on, Tom Broly. These are some of the best analysts in the business. Head over to fantasypoints.com today and stay tuned because, hey, we're bringing the wide receiver watch list next. <laughs> And welcome back to part two of the ViperCast, episode 113. Hey, we are breaking this up because if you're like me, your attention span is very small and you can't handle listening to me for more than 20 minutes at a time anyway. Hey, too bad. That's why we're breaking it up and we're bringing it to you here. And we're going to talk wide receivers for 2022 here. We are getting into our watch list right now. We're going to talk about players to trade away, players to trade for. Balance back players under the radar, guys. And where some of the best free agents in this class are going to be heading. But again, before we do, head over to fantasypoints.com. I'm telling you right now, that media group, they're kicking it there. You've got the True North Pod. You've got the Smoke Show. You've got the DHH Happy Hour going on. Campus to Canton. So many great podcasts out there right now. And so many more coming very soon. So without further ado, Major, let's get right into this. Let's talk wide receivers. I know this is not your expertise. You are a running back guru. But hey, Debo Samuel, he's bridging the gap between wide receiver and running back. Can Major Caldwell bridge that gap between fantasy analyst at the running back position and fantasy analyst expert at the wide receiver position? What say you? I say yes. And I say the player that I'm trading away in 2022 Kenny Galladay, if anyone would take him, I'm I'm serving him up on a plate. Give me a second-round pick. Give me a young uh, nobody that I – I just don't want him on any of my teams ever. He can't stay healthy, and when he is healthy, is it's like he's not even there. So his, he still has one of those names that can get fantasy players a little excited. Um, so once – you know, you hit up a GM and say, hey, man, I got this guy named uh, Galladay. What can I get for him? Do it. Just get him off your team. Do it. Get him out of there. It's it's a waste of your time and energy. I'm happy I don't have him on any of my teams, but I have friends who do, and they're pretty upset with the performance um, throughout his whole career, I guess. Except for that one well, season. Let's, 
let's talk about Kenny Galladay because he's an interesting one. Big payday here last offseason. High hopes coming to the New York Giants. Hey, this New York Giants team, it looked like it could have the potential to be explosive. They drafted well Kadarius Toney. They mm-hmm. have Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley was there. Daniel Jones was looking like he could be a serviceable quarterback before the season had began. Things are looking good for Kenny Galladay, and then they just went right off the track. What can you realist? You said a second round pick you would take. I think if someone offered you a second round pick, you hit that smash, except right now, because I don't see anyone offering you a second round <laughs> pick. So what is the worst? What's the lowest draft compensation that you would accept to get Kenny Galladay off of your roster? And is he at that point where it's like, you're not going to get what you want for him. You get rid of him for a fourth, but do you really right. want to take a fourth? Probably not. So is he one of those guys that's right now, if someone offers you a third, you're going to reluctantly take it. And, or you kind of like, man, maybe he's really a hold on my roster because I want an early third and I'm not going to get an early third. If my, my league mates are wise to the whole situation, what's the lowest compensation you would take? I'll take the, I think a third would be the lowest, but I'll, I mean, I'm always trying to sell. So I'm going to try to sell them to you. I'm going to put some, some extra hot sauce on them, try to get them to you. So I'm going to, I'm asked for two thirds. I'm asked for like my, you know, 2022, 2023, get a couple thirds out the deal. Um, and then I'm going to try to, you know, come in with that second. I'm like, man, let me get a second out of that. But I don't think anyone's going to do that. But again, in the offseason, you never know how these, fa- you, we all know after in the offseason, the fantasy world, players become superheroes who are duds and people fall for these tricks over and over again. And I think Galladay has one of those names, and he has like the opportunity being the wide receiver one out in uh, New York. He has an opportunity to, you know, make some plays. So I'm just going to get him off of my team for anything. And I think two thirds will do it for me. Two thirds. Like I, I see Kenny Galladay as being that perfect throw-in player to a deal. If you That's- are looking to upgrade that wide receiver position, maybe you're looking to get a wide receiver too. I'm thinking Kenny Galladay may have that wide receiver three type value still attached to him. Maybe you pair him with another wide receiver three and you make that move for what you feel as a wide receiver two. I think that's where his best trade value comes into place. Because quite frankly, I'm not in love with this wide receiver, this, this draft class either outside the first couple of rounds. So even a third is not getting me too excited unless right. maybe I could pair that third later on with something else. But you know what? Kenny Galladay is definitely a guy I agree with you. Get him off that roster. For me, I got two here for you. Going to give you both sides of the spectrum here. One, uh, Amonra St. Brown. I like St. Brown. I think he's a great dynasty asset, but I think his value is higher now than it's going to be the rest of his career. I really do. Maybe he goes off and does bigger and better things, but I'm looking at a sell now, sell high, sell when I think his value is at its highest because that's how you get better at dynasty by accumulating multiple assets to build your team around. And Maybe maybe Amonro St. Brown turns into a true number one, a top five wide receiver in the future. I don't see that for him. I think what he did this year is going to be as good as it gets for him. I think the Detroit Lions find themselves a quarterback. They're going to have DeAndre Swift back a little bit more. They're going to go out there and get themselves another wide receiver that's going to take a little bit of pressure away. I don't think we see as many targets from St. Brown. Hawkinson gets a little bit more involved next year. So I think there's going to be a little bit of regression there. Capitalize right now for me on St. Brown's name because he's hot name. Everyone loves talking about him right now. The other one for me is major, you know, as well as I do, 
we want to get out, especially on older players, while there's still some value attached to them. And for right. me, and this one hurts me because I love my – I am hooked on F. Thielen. And I'm also hooked on trading him away because, listen, he's not getting any younger. He is going to be replaced in Minnesota sooner rather than later. And that is the true thing about what it's about aging assets, especially in fantasy football and in the National Football League, the not-for-long league. I mean, it's hard at the wide receiver position to continue to have success. Not everyone is a Jerry Rice catching 100 passes after he turns 40. You know what I mean? Right. No, there's not those players. There's very few Jerry Rice. There's very few Tom Brady's, guys who played in their 40s and have success. Adam Thielen, those injuries are starting to add up. Unfortunately, he was banged up last year. He still has good name recognition attached to him. So I think you can still get something of value for him. And like you said, I would probably take a good, a second round pick for Adam Thielen right now and feel okay about it. Cause I think that's some good wide receivers in the draft class this year that I can use a second round pick on uh, third round is a little out, bit too much. I said, I got out on Thielen this year and I'd win Thielen for uh Boyd and like Tyler Boyd. And I think I got a fourth round pick as well. So that's kind of like where, and that was like that was towards the beginning of, the, of this season. And Tyler Boyd, he's an interesting one. He's another free agent here at the end of the year. He may have a big Super Bowl. I'm predicting him have a really good game that might bring up that value a little bit more. So maybe you're trading for Tyler Boyd. If you're doing it, I'd probably do it before the Super Bowl because if he pops off and has a big game, that value is going to skyrocket on. You're not going to be able to acquire him. But who is someone? Oh, I love this one, Major. Who are you looking to trade for? And tell me why it's the best route runner in the National Football League. One, we're not going to do that, but I'm going to go with <laughs> Hunter Renfo for one reason, one reason only, Josh McDaniels. You got the slot god, quarterback, guru, like play calling monster. See, I just made that up right now. So he's going to – so this year he already had 103 receptions. I did not see that coming. I got out of – I'm so sad. Uh, I got rid of Hunter Renfro like last season, like as a throw-in player. I'm like, oh, he's he's just a guy. He ended up being the guy. So uh, pie on my face for that when I get myself one of these. And uh, if he's if he has 103 receptions in that offense that was just kind of like all over the place with Gruden and then, you know, the new regime came in and kind of did some stuff. Think about when the play calls are being called for him. He's going to end up with like 130, 140 receptions. It's going to be one of those ridiculous um, seasons for Hunter. I'm I, I'm really high on him for this next season. Hunter Renfro, I know we compare every small, diminutive slot receiver to Julian Edelman. I mean, it seems to be the natural fit. But <laughs> Josh McDaniels literally worked with Julian Edelman. You don't think he's going to use Hunter Renfro in a very similar type situation already? And I do believe, you think, yeah, Darren Waller's going to be there. But I think they address that wide receiver position in the draft. And I think they could do it as early as the first round. I really yeah. do. They lost uh, Henry Ruggs. Sad tale as any. But, hey, look, Jameson Williams is there. You've got guys like Drake London, who I absolutely love. There are some wide – Traylon Burks. you got some big-name wide receivers that could drop to where the Raiders' range is right now. That would be a good compliment to Hunter Renfro and without taking away from Renfro's role. Now, for me, my man crush from back in April, wrote about him, talked about him, praised him to the nines all season long. That is Mr. Darnell Mooney. 
I mean, give me some more Mooney, 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 Mooney. That's where I'm at. Don't you be shaking your head at me. <laughs> Ellen Robinson probably isn't going to stick around. I don't think that the Bears and Robinson are going to be back together. All right. Mooney, we know, can still have a productive season without another option to the other side. Right? We know that. We don't, I expect Cole Komet to take that next step up. That will relieve some of the pressure for Mooney. But we've seen what he could do. Give Justin Fields another season. I've said from the very get-go, Fields wasn't ready to start yet. He, he wasn't. He really wasn't. But those games will help him move into year two and beyond. And that connection, that rapport building with Mooney means good things moving forward. Now, as I talk about good things moving forward, every year there's players that surprise us, and there are even more players who happen to disappoint us. Now, Major, who is that player in 2022 that is most likely to be a disappointment for you? I'm going to say Deontay Johnson. Um, he's the number one receiver out there with the Steelers. He had 107 receptions this year, uh, over 1,000 yards receiving, eight touchdowns. So he's he's a legitimate receiver. But the one thing that makes me kind of scared that he may disappoint, one, you have a new quarterback situation coming in, and we have no idea what it is at this point. Um, they don't have a predecessor already on the team. Um, and I don't think if they go the draft route, I don't know if that's going to help, uh, Mr. Johnson's stock as well. And another thing, Johnson has a case of the drop sometimes. So with those two things, with the unknown quarterback and you dropping the ball, I'm kind of, kind of, he may disappoint next year. I don't think he's going to have that hundred reception thousand yard season. He might not be that far off, but I don't know if it's going to be you know, tie for fifth in the league in, in receptions. Yeah, I'm not big on Deontay Johnson. I think there's a lot of questions at the quarterback position for me right now. Just to kind of maybe I'm sitting back, I'm watching, seeing how things play out. But right now, right. I'm, I am a little concerned about him. Now, I have that same concern about one of my other favorite guys here right now, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, he's 25 years old. He's just coming off a season which he led the team in targets, receptions, receiving yards, all that fun stuff. He's done this consistently. Josh McDaniels is gone. That, that I think, hurts him right there. He's 25. Hey, you know what? His value right now is wide receiver 51, behind Van Jefferson, behind Tyler Boyd, and yet he's outperformed both of them. He was borderline a wide receiver two value. I think he finished about wide receiver 30th overall, so he's right there. And I, I think he's a guy that could disappoint because we don't know what that – offensive coordinator type situation is going to be in New England. We know they're going to want to run the ball. They got Damian Harris. They got Ramondre Stevenson. He's going to be there as well. But listen, don't disrespect Jacoby Myers. Don't tell me that Van Jefferson's better than him. He literally had more catches, Jacoby Myers did this year, than Van Jefferson has his entire career. So let's pump the brakes on that kind of talk. But for me, Jacoby Myers, he is worrying me here a little bit because Josh McDaniels, he's gone there. And the other one, I'm going to go buyer beware. It's Mike Williams, who is a free agent this offseason, and you know he is going to secure that bag. This past season, when he was on, he was on. But when he was off, he was off. And that has been the tale of Mike Williams' career so far. I guarantee you he will not end up in a better situation, a better surrounding cast than Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. Because the teams that have those kind of players don't have the cap room to bring them on. He's going to end up in like Jacksonville, getting that, securing that bag, 
And maybe you know things with Trevor Lawrence they work that's out or whatnot. Maybe that's not a bad look, actually. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I mean, the situation, there's so much uncertainty. I don't see him going back to the Chargers unless he doesn't get what he's probably rightfully owed. He earned that money this year. He earned that yeah. money. Let's be honest. But I think whoever gets him, the Chargers don't have that money to match. I really that's unfortunate because I think a lot of good players could have good seasons with the Los Angeles Chargers in 2022. I don't see that being Mike Williams. So we talked about this regression, these players that are going to disappoint, but who are those that are going to surprise us bounce back as I will in 2022. I'm going with my man, DJ shark. Like he's, we forgot about him. He got hurt early in the season, really bad uh, ankle injury. Um, but before he got hurt, it looked like him and, and um, T-Law was getting along a little bit. They, they were uh, have a connection. So, And we got the new coach in there, um, but Peterson, you know, from the Eagles. The Eagles had a nice little run with him. Let's see if he can recreate that. And I think DJ is probably – he was the best receiver on that team before he got hurt. And I think he will – um, resume that role once he gets back 100% healthy. Um, but I, I do like this Jaguar team. It feels to me like that Bengals team before they kind of went over the top. I, I kind of get, get that same feeling from, from the Jaguar. So I'm high on DJ Shark and T-Law next year. I mean, Doug Peterson may be able to turn that around. I think they bought, they fumbled the ball there, not bringing Brian left, which I think they offered it to him. True. Obviously, he said no. Doug Peterson, I mean, they literally brought him back after 30-some days. He was like the very first coach they interviewed. They interviewed nine more coaches. They're like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? All right, we're going back. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. But for me, I am going to go old school here. I'm going to bust out a little bit of rock and roll. Once bitten, twice shy, baby style. I'm going to roll with Ellen Robinson one more time. <laughs> because I am a fool for punishment. <laughs> I am a sucker for pain. I am the definition of idiocracy. I will bang my head against a wall, and hopefully I can break through. And I think Ellen Robinson comes back to us in 2022. I mean, it can't be any worse. He's like wide receiver 70. I don't know if that's true. I'm not even going to bother checking. I tried to scroll down, and I stopped after 50. I know he's way down there, but, hey, it was like a perfect storm of injuries and incompetencies, and Justin Fields not getting on the right page with him right from the get-go. I think Allen Robinson is one of those players that's going to benefit from a new place, a fresh start in yeah. 2022. And for me, it, it really doesn't matter where he goes because I really do believe he's – uh, Justin Fields proof? No, that's not right because Justin Fields didn't help about any. I say quarterback proof. Yeah, yeah. He, he is that guy. We've seen who he's worked with throughout his career, and the only one that could stop him was Justin Fields in 2021, a rookie quarterback trying to learn a new system. So, for me, the bounce back guy is going to be Allen Robinson. A little a Rob, get him right now. Hey, and his value, his trade value as an asset right now, is never going to be lower. I mean, if you're going to go after a guy, he's one of those guys you need to target because, hey, this is a guy. This is a nice buy low, so to speak, opportunity right, right now. Um, speaking of buying low, some of the guys that are the easiest to buy low are are the guys that nobody's looking at right now. The under the radar type players, the ones that we've kind of forgotten about altogether. That 
We probably didn't even know we're still playing in the National Football League because maybe they're <laughs> battling injury. Maybe they're hidden on the taxi squad. Maybe they were like Ellen Robinson. Who is that under-the-radar forgotten player for you heading into 2022? Yeah, uh, you spoke a minute ago about players who probably do better in a different situation. I'm going with Dizel Mims. He was the fantasy darling a couple years ago. The guy had a nice little like three-week run and with injuries and falling in trouble with the coach getting into the doghouse. He just kind of disappeared. Uh, but to his like credit, or just to defend him just a little bit, it's really hard to play on a losing team. Um, and a team that looked like they really didn't have any direction. So I'm not gonna fault him too hard for kind of like quitting on the Jets, but the guy is all the physical attributes that you want in a player. 6'3", 207 pounds, run a 4'3", 4'4", um, great hands. Route running's a little, little uh, you can do some work there. But, again, the talent is there. He showed us in the past that he can. He put together like a good three weeks, I think it was, a couple or a year ago. Um, and he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. So, Keep your eye on him. He may be able to pop up on one of these teams, maybe, maybe like a Raiders, or maybe like a, uh, maybe the Bears, or maybe even somewhere like Houston or something like that. That needs they and he can fit right into that right receiver number two role real easily without any uh, without any like trouble. So I, I think if he can get his head right and all this stuff, I don't really know why he fell out with the coaches. But if he can get back to the player we fell in love with during the draft, I think he the talent is still there. He's still super young. Um, so just keep an eye out for Denzel Mims. Yeah, you know what? The reason that he fell out of favor is because he's not very good. I'll, <laughs> I'll come straight out and say it. I mean, we fell in love with him coming off the Senior Bowl. He absolutely lit things up in the Senior Bowl. But I remember writing a draft profile on him. And I get a lot of I get a lot of heat there because I I do have a little bit of sarcasm when I write my draft profiles. I said at the end of the day, in my analysis, he is still a Baylor Bear, and I don't trust any wide receivers coming out of Baylor. Can you tell me one that's kind of paid off? We've had that's Kendall brilliant. Wright, Josh Gordon. I mean, the name Corey, Josh Gordon was the best receiver for like half a, a season. Yeah, exactly. He gave you half a season of productivity. I mean, really good productivity. But, I mean, there's been some huge busts coming out of Baylor. I mean, guys that we drafted in fantasy drafts early in the draft process. So, that's some kind of stuff to uh, follow along there. But now, let's get into some free agents here. Some players that are moving on. And there's some interesting ones here. We've talked about Allen Robbins. And we've talked about Mike Williams. Jacoby Myers is technically a free agent. Devontae Adams. Chris Godwin. Uh, Christian Kirk. Russell Gage. Emmanuel Sanders. Cedric Wilson, Brian Pringle, Odell Beckham Jr., Alan Lazard, Deshaun Jackson, Jameson Crowder, Michael Gallup, Laquan Treadwell. There's a name that we don't talk about very often. Yeah, the good, and the Sammy good. Watkins, which we will not talk about ever. <laughs> um, T.Y. Hilton, he's there. Uh, I'm trying to go through this list here as quickly as I can. The guys who could be very productive here. I mean, Preston Williams, if you're into that kind of stuff. I mean, there's some good wide receivers. Preston's one of my guys. I know we all kind of felt him a little bit there at some point. Uh, There's some good wide receivers hitting that free agent market. But who's a free agent that you want to see a good fit for with another uh, another team in 2022? Who's that guy for you? 
Hey, I don't think you gave your uh, last thing there. Did you? Oh, no, I didn't. My under the radar guys. Yeah, I'm just trying to move the show along here as quickly yeah. as possible. For me, yeah. it's it's Sterling Shepard and it's Corey Davis. Corey Davis injured with the Jets. I think a lot of us are forgetting that he's even there still. And Sterling Shepard injuries, inconsistency. He battled that hamstring injury all season long. But when he was in, he was that target machine. Him yeah. and Kadarius Tony next year are going to be a great one-two combination, especially if the Giants decide they want to move on from Saquon Barkley, which has been rumored here in the offseason. And Corey Davis, I will never quit him either. He's one of my guys. Yeah. I believe him. I love the situation there. I think him, Elijah Moore, maybe the Jets bring in another wide receiver there to kind of make a good little trio. I think there's some good things. Corey Davis, when he was there with Zach Wilson, they were hooking up when he was healthy. So he's a guy I'm watching. Now, let's talk free agents. Let's talk new faces, new places. What do you got for me? I'm going Juju Smith-Schuster. I would like to see him come back home, come to L.A., and end up on the Chargers. Like you spoke a little bit earlier about Mike Williams uh, kind of having an okay situation with the Chargers, but kind of never really got it right. So I think with Juju coming home and being that wide receiver too, um, I think that's a, the best role for him. He had his best performances when he was behind Antonio Brown. So I think he could do the same in L.A., um, or even maybe he, maybe sh the Raiders, maybe, I don't know, but I, I like him in LA. So I'm going Juju to the chargers. Who you got? You know, I don't hate that because last year he was flirting with going to the chiefs. Can you imagine him on the chiefs? Wow. Last second, he decided, you know what? I'm going to stick with Pittsburgh, but he must've known as Ben's last year. Ben loved him. Ben absolutely loved Juju Smith-Schuster. I think they're making like, TikTok into that. videos. Yeah. I think they're making TikTok videos in the locker room. And that's what kind of set uh, Juju uh, on his way there last year. And for me, we're going to hear about the Raiders when it comes to wide receivers all season long. It's going to be that connection. Easy to connect the dots. Easy to connect Juju there. For me, two things here. One, my dream scenario is reuniting Devontae Adams with Derek Carr. If And the only way that works out is if Aaron Rodgers ends up anywhere but Green Bay. Green Bay would have to trade him. Okay? So... Anyone who's talking about, oh, Aaron Rodgers is building a house in Tennessee. Tennessee can't afford him. Even if they moved on from Ryan Tannehill, they've still got to eat like $18 million of Tannehill's contract. So essentially, they would be paying Rodgers' money plus Tannehill's money, meaning they've got a quarterback worth $60 million. Right. Not going to happen for a team that had the best record in the AFC. Now, if Rodgers does move on, it's going to be to an AFC team. And they are going to probably try to get Devontae Adams. But I'm telling you what, if Devontae Adams does not get a goal with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to want to get with Derek Carr. They're buddies, they're friends, they hang out in the offseason. That would be a good, that's my dream scenario right now. Plus, it'd be hilarious when our other co-host here, Tara, shows up on the show. I would We'd dedicate an entire show to that. But the other one for me is I'm going to continue with the Raiders here. And I'm going to send Allen Robinson to the Raiders. Let's give them Hunter Renfro, Allen Robinson, Darren Waller. That's a pretty that solid pretty trio of wide receivers. Yeah. And you may not have to break the bank to get Allen Robinson based on what he was able to do last year. Hey, Derek Carr, let's laugh it up. Let's chuckle. Laugh it up, funny guy. Still fifth in uh, passing yards in 2021. I don't care if they're short, dink and dunk, whatever you want to talk about. He still pushed the ball. He had like the most yard uh, passing attempts over 20 yards on the season or second most or something like that. He's one of the top two when it came to getting the ball deep. So, hey, 
Allen Robinson would be a great fit for the Raiders for me. And hey, you know what? We're talking rookies. We're talking fantasy football. We got rookie drafts coming up really quickly on the horizon here right now. Who is your top rookie of this draft class, Major? I'm going Jameis. Is it Jameson? How do you say his name? Jameson Williamson or Williams? Jameson Williams. He's a uh, the guy's the fastest player in the in the whole college football atmosphere. The guy runs maybe like a 4240. Uh that injury did kind of make him drop a little bit. So I, but I do think that's going to be a blessing in disguise cuz it's going to push him back in the draft a little bit. He's probably going to end up on a pretty good team where he can um hop right in and and give you like a Jamar Chase uh Justin Jefferson type production in his first season. So look look for him to be Especially how the offense, how, how football is now, it's a spread, um, a spread concept, and speed kills when the uh, players all spread all over the place. So I'm gonna give it to Williams and see what what happens. Who you got, Matt? I love this draft class for wide receivers. I think we're going to see seven in the first round, possibly eight wide receivers right. go in the first round. We talked about Traylon Burks a little bit earlier. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Chris Olave there. You got Drake London, Jamison Williams, David Ball, George Pickens, John Michi, all guys who could go in the first round. And we're John not Michi. even talking about uh, Johan Dotson. We're not talking about Christian Wilkins, who absolutely killed it at the Senior Bowl, who I think could slide into the first round. Guys are talking about him as an early day two guy. He could be that guy, six foot four, flexible, could find himself in the first round. Forget about the North Dakota helmet he is wearing. The dude can play ball. It's going to be fun watching this draft. You're going with an Alabama guy, so I applaud you on that. I'm going to return the favor, and I'm going to go Drake London, USC, all the way. This USC, guy can do everything that I want. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster was the first USC receiver that kind of got us excited in a long time. There was a, quite a dry spell there. Robert Woods coming out of there, another great yeah. wide receiver recently. And then it basically dried up until Michael Pittman came along. Right. And now we get the next one. Drake London. He broke out. He broke out with some of the best. He broke out with Michael Pittman at USC. He broke out with another great wide receiver at USC. He had Saint his Brown. breakout. It, yeah. I'm on St. Brown. He broke out with St. Brown and Pittman on the roster. That was his breakout year. So I am all in on Drake London of the USC Trojans. <laughs> but still roll tide and you know what roll <laughs> on with fantasypoints.com hey you want that subscription go get it right now get it i mean you, you can pause this right now go over there subscribe hey we mentioned some of the good podcasts that are part of that media group you get the p2w podcast there with nick script there majors buddy that they do every show with on sunday there on fantasy points You've got the triple play fantasy crew. You want some great interviews from football to baseball to anything. Those are your guys to get involved in. Make sure to check out those podcasts as well while you're at it. And while you're here, hey, if you're still listening to us, we've got our dynasty top 20 wide receivers coming. Why 20? Because we got 20 minutes to kill yet. The part <laughs> three of the Dynasty Vipers Viper cast. Hey, stick around. And you know what? Best part is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this completely separate. It's going to be a different video. If you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Podcasts, you're getting the full hour and 30 minutes, the full 90 in one shot here. But, hey, if you can only stand looking at me 
or my mustache for 30 minutes at a time, this is the perfect thing for you right now. And hey, don't forget, if you want this mustache, I've got a Dynasty Mustache series over on the Vipers Network. You're going to want to check out. But hey, I need to grab a quick drink of water. So we're going to queue up the video here. A little bit of the nice little wide receiver and Dynasty coming at you here shortly. Part three, baby. And we're back. Major Caldwell, Matt Donnelly coming at you. The dynamic duel of the Viper cast. I can say that because Tara's not right here to correct me right now. And by the time, <laughs> she's not going to catch part three of the show. So I can say just about anything I want right now as it pertains to Tara Roberts. Hey, make sure to go check out Tara's bio right now while you got an opportunity to do so. You can find her at Fantasy Pros, Fantasy Alarm, Awesome And she's got her own little TikTok thing going on. So make sure to check all that out. Hey, check Major out. Follow him on the Twitter machine. He's closing in on 1,000. That is a criminally low number for a man of his genius. Look at him. He is beautiful. Look at that. Take off that hat. Let's see that beautiful bald head of yours. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Bald is beautiful. Now, again, that's at way too major FF. Hit him up on the Twitter machine. And if you're in the clubhouse, he's there too. He's one of four people still in clubhouse. (laughs) What is wrong with you, dude? I don't know, but it's my anniversary and I'm getting all hyped up already. We are at hour and five minutes into the show. We got some dynasty rankings for the wide receiver position coming at you. And in a rare show of solitude or whatever you want to call it, Major and I basically nailed the first three together on this one. So we are going to kick off. I'm going to tell you who our top three wide receivers are. And then I'm going to let Major kick off from four to 12. So at number one, we both have... The man, the myth, the legend himself, the rising superstar of the Cincinnati Bengals, the former Bayou Bengal, Jamar Chase, coming in at number one. At number two on both our dynasty rankings, we're going to get a little giddy with it. And we're going to go with (laughs) Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the thing that's holding him out of number one spot for me is probably Kirk Cousins and not knowing what that situation is. Beyond a couple of years. We know that Jamar Chase, he's married to Joe Burrow. That's going to be a thing they have for a long time. At number three, this is where I was shocked that we're still agreeing. We know what he can do when he is on. A.J. Brown is one of the most dynamic wide receivers. He is a man amongst boys out there. Physicality, hands, you name it, he's got it. He's both our number three wide receiver for Dynasty. Now, Major, now this is where we have a little bit of disconnect moving forward. We're not too far off. Our rankings are pretty close. A lot of similarities here on the ranking. The order is a little bit different. Let's start off at number four and work your way to number 12. And tell me what's separating these guys and how you kind of differentiated between how you had them ranked, starting at number four once again. So my top eight are pretty much all the young guys who are like the guys, you know what I mean? And then there's like a cutoff, and I went with some of my older guys. But – just from this playoff run, if we can keep this momentum going, I'm going Debo all day. Debo has shown that he is a true wide receiver number one, a true running back number one, 
a true kick returner number one, a true water boy number one. The guy does everything on the field that you need, and he has a heart of a lion. You've seen him on the sideline crying as, like, like just bawling because he was so, like, upset. He gave everything he had, and he didn't, you know, couldn't win that game. So I think with a new young quarterback, he's going to have to rely on Debo a lot more than um, Jimmy G did. So look for Debo to have a crazy season, maybe a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. We we never know. Let's see. And my guy, I don't think people give him enough credit just because Jamar Chase was in the same class as him. I'm going with Jalen Waddle. Um, Waddle, even with that poor quarterback situation out there, the guy still managed to give you. Did he get a hundred catches? I think he got a hundred catches. If not, we're not going to fact check it. But he still gave you a hundred catches with that poor quarterback play out there. Um, hopefully this controversy on that stuff doesn't really hurt the trajectory of that team because they were looking like the next Bengals pretty much. Uh, but they've been looking like that for the last two or three seasons. So hopefully hopefully the Dolphins have, you know, something in mind for Waddle uh, kind of showcasing him a little bit more. Yeah, just to come and jump in here, yeah. Waddle, you're right. He was over 100 yard, uh, 100 receptions this year. He actually is now the rookie record holder for receptions. So he yeah. passed uh, a, uh, Antoine Bolden there here last season as far as rookies are concerned. Perfect. And then I'm going with another one of the young studs out here, and that's C.D. Lamb. Um, that running game in Dallas is a mess now, so I think they're going to rely on throwing the ball a lot more. So, you know, between – uh, him and I think Gallup's probably going to be gone. So, uh, you know, Cooper, you know, he's going to give you his like 80 to 100 catches. So he's he's a consistent receiver, nothing too flashy. But CD is now moving into that wide receiver one position there. And with Dak, you know, there, I think that's a good combo that you can rely on. Um, the last of my young guys that I'm really excited about uh, is Terry McLaurin, man. Scary Terry is one of those guys last year. That run he had, man, it was one of those Jamar Chase type of runs. Um, his quarterback situation is the only thing that really scares me. We don't know what's going on there. Hopefully they can maybe get a Deshaun Watson or or a Jimmy G or anyone. They just need some kind of stability there. I think Scary Terry is one of those um quarterback proof um receivers but he just needs someone a little more consistent i think they went through what four different quarterbacks this year um then you got to go with the first white wide receiver to win the triple crown you got to go with cooper cup um it seems like he just got on the scene but he's really like 28 years old already 27 28 so he's kind of getting up there in that age where i like to trade my um you know players away um, but you still got to respect the season he had, and I think it's only going to get better um, from here on out, especially if they win a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be cemented him as one of the top receivers in the league for years to come. And then you got to just go with the receiver that no one can stop, and that's Devontae Adams. The guy makes it look easy to me. Him and D-Hop are the two who it's effortless. Like every catch like seems like a one-headed catch. Seems like they're going half speed, but they always seem to get open. Um, again, Matt talked a little bit earlier about his situation uh, with um, uh, Aaron Rodgers maybe not coming back. I think it uh, he'll be looking to be traded or moved or whatnot. So it's a little question mark there. I think that's why I have him a little bit lower. Um, and I spoke about 
the next one here, Deontay Johnson, um, as being a dis he could disappoint. Um, but I do think whatever quarterback, I think they're going to go with a veteran out there with the Steelers. So I think he will have an opportunity to give you that 100, 100 plus catches, 1K yardage uh, season. Um, he's been pretty consistent in his career so far. Um, and then you just got to go with the monster himself. You got to go with DK Metcalf. He's another one of the younger guys. His situation is a little up and down as well because we don't know what's going to go on with um, with Wilson out there. Um, and if Pete Carroll if, is Pete Carroll going to come back, we it's a lot of question marks out in Seattle at the moment. So that's why I have DK. He didn't make it to that top tier of the young guys. And I'm gonna round it out with the man, the myth, the legend, DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke. That dude is just the best receiver to like. Should I say that? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say he's one of the best receivers because I don't want to disrespect Randy Moss and Jerry Rice and those guys, but he's right in that tier for me. He, the guy is just a route running. The You guys always try to make jokes about Hunter Renfro as the great. This guy is the greatest route runner to ever play football, and I'm giving it to him. DeAndre Hopkins, Nuke, let's go. Who you got for your top 12? I think the most impressive thing with Nuke Hopkins is those hands, those mitts of his. If that ball is thrown in his direction, he's coming down with it. His hands now, like 14 inches long or some crap. Like, what? It's like a crazy number, right? Uh, hey, he has, you know he's got what? his glove to make it fit right, you know? I'm basically Kenny Pickett here, so I got nothing to say. Um, <laughs> my number four receiver. Hey, I'm not afraid of going with a little bit of an older guy here, and I don't care where his situation is because he's quarterback proof in my opinion here. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams at number four. I still think he's right there. I think redraft, he's still number two coming in. I like to play my dynasty in kind of three-year periods there. He's still got three top two wide receiver type seasons here coming up, regardless of where he ends up. If he's in Green Bay, he's guaranteed a wide receiver too. If he goes to Vegas, he's guaranteed to be a wide receiver too. If he goes to Jacksonville, he's going to be the wide receiver too, no matter what, if not better. So for me, he's quarterback proof. And this one hurts a little bit because he probably was higher going into the season for me. When I did my dynasty wide uh, receiver rankings, he sat right here in the number five spot. I wanted to bring him up during the regular season because I really believe in CD Lamb, CD Goat, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> I think he has that ability right now. Unfortunately, it wasn't on display this year. It was in spurts. He still had a thousand yard season, and yeah, we want to dog him for that. I don't think that's right. At number six, I talk about those three year spurts. Cooper Cup is still there. He's still the wide receiver one for me in redraft next year, and probably the wide receiver one for me the year after that, and the wide receiver one as long as Matthew Stafford is in the building. Okay, let's be honest. The Breakfast Club, whatever you want to call those two, it's working. So for me, Dynasty, he's still going to sit there at the wide receiver six. At number seven, I'm with you. I love myself some Debo. There is no other Debo Samuel in the National Football League. So we know the National Football League is a copycat league for everything that it is. Do not try and make another Debo Samuel because you will fall on your face and look like an idiot, <laughs> which is pretty much what I do every week on this show. And it doesn't stop me from coming out and doing it again. But please, National Football League, stop it. You had Cordero Patterson. You moved him from wide receiver to running back. Debo Samuel is the closest thing you're going to get to being able to do both. 
And it's not like he's a pure running back. His, him lining up directly behind center there in an eye, he does do it, but it's not very often. It's those jet sweeps. It's the things that he does best, the yak. Yards after contact. The dude is a beast. The only one better than him this year was Cooper Cup when it came to that. At number eight, you had him at number five. I love myself the Penguin. Give me a little Jalen Waddle, 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 Waddle. Bing, bang. Waddle, baby, Waddle, right baby, Waddle, baby, Waddle. Those catches, those targets, they're not going anywhere. There's no one else to talk about. Will Fuller, how do you have a whole season that you're out with a finger injury? Cam <laughs> Andrews just came back from a blown Achilles tendon, and you missed an entire season because of your damn finger. And yet, oh, before Jim you go Will, off a of Waddle, before you go off a of Waddle, he could be the next Debo. You see, they got the 49ers coach out there. They might have some packages for Waddle to come out the backfield and everything as well. They're going to get him on some sweeps. They're going to get him on the yeah. bubble screens. Waddle shifting. He's a he was a punt returner, a kick returner at Alabama, and he did it really, really well. He was dangerous doing it. You either have it or you don't. And you know what that's like. If you've got that shifty ability, if you've got that ability to make people miss in open space, the National Football League's good offensive coordinators will scheme around you and your strengths. At number nine. Mr. Boob or Bust himself. And it always I never know where to put him because I never know what to expect. And it's Tyreek Hill. I mean, he could be wide receiver 20. He could be wide receiver three. It all depends on what he decides to want to do. He literally had like five games this year where he had like over 160 yards receiving. Don't fact check that. But he also <laughs> had like 12 games where he had like 50 yards receiving. So you're going to get that boom bust. At the end of the year, he's going to be in that top five wide receiver conversation as far as fantasy points are going. But the inconsistency is going to be there as well. At number 10, I'm going to give it to the uh, Pacific Hulk here, DK Metcalf. Don't make him angry because he'll dye his hair green. <laughs> this is the guy here right now. We know what he can do on the field. The only question around him is, Who's going to throw him the ball next year? That's why he's a little bit lower for me. I don't know if Russell Wilson's going to be cooking in Seattle or if he's going to be do making a little of the gumbo down in New Orleans. I don't know what situation, but who knows? At number 11, hey, when any time that you make your little brother look like an idiot on the football field, you get bumped <laughs> up. Maybe that was the only thing I took from the Pro Bowl here was basically Stefan Diggs going back to throw. is Hey, that's my brother. And starts running towards him, pointing at him as he's falling down. So Stefan Diggs, he comes in at number 11. And at number 12, a little bit of a, I don't know where people got it, where people are feeling. It's T. Higgins for me. I really think he has a wide receiver wide receiver one potential. We've seen what he can do with Jamar Chase in the lineup. He is going to flirt with that all year long, his entire career. Tyler Boyd likely will not be back in Cincinnati. That means those targets get distributed a little bit differently. Jamar Chase is going to continue to get his, I think, T. Higgins gets a few more targets, which is going to bump him up these rankings a little bit more moving forward in his career. Now, this is where things really do get a little bit interesting. We have some guys a little bit different. Some of the guys in my top 20 you don't have and vice versa. So kicking off at number 13, Major, who do you have? I went with the guy you spoke about. Uh, what's that? At number eight? No, number nine. I'm going with Tyreek Hill. Again, it's just the up and down. At the end of the season, he's going to have all the numbers that you want. But week to week in fantasy, he will drive you nuts. He'll have a thousand yards one week and the next week he'll have five. So I, it's just an up and down a little bit for me. And I think they're going to have to get another receiver in that offense. So I think that's going to pull from, uh, you know, a little bit of the target share from him. 
but nothing to be scared about. But just if he was a little more consistent, he'll be in my top five. But uh, the next one I have here, I'm going with Stefan Diggs. Again, the guy is just one of the best receivers, but age kind of bumped him down my list a little bit. Uh, at 15, I'm going with Chris Godwin. A lot of people kind of forgot about him, and, it, and it's weird because he was balling throughout the season, and he got hurt late in the season, and no one's talking about him anymore. So, and isn't he is he a free agent this year? Or uh, yeah, yeah. So he'll be a free agent this year. So it'll be interesting to see if he will stay in Tampa Bay or if he will try his hand at another team. Um, and again, I'm with you with the T Higgins thing, man. I don't have him ranked as high as you, but I do think. There's going to be opportunity with Tyler Boyd probably uh, moving on. Um, I think they're going to get a tight end in there, so I think it still will be like a three-headed monster type of thing. But I think T. Higgins and Chase are going to have the most of that target share, so I think he's going to have, have an opportunity to give you – they're going to have 2,000-yard receivers, 200-catch receivers in the same team. That's pretty much what's going to be. My next one – it got hard for me because there's a lot of good young receivers uh, towards the bottom of the list. So I just went with some that just kind of popped out to me. Um, so it was really no order here, just like random guys. But DJ Moore, if they can get that quarterback situation together out there, I think he's one of those guys who will move up this list real easy. He's one of the young guys who fell off the list just because I don't know what's going on at quarterback. And I think he kind of proved this year that he's not quarterback proof. Um, because the quarterback play was suspect and he didn't ball out. So um, I've got him at 17 on my list here. And then I, at number 18, I went with Rashad Bateman. Um, I think he's going to have a monster season next year. Uh, he didn't really get to play in the offseason and stuff like that. And it's really important for those young guys to get in there early and get that rapport with the quarterback. Um, and it looks like, Lamar Jackson is throwing the ball a lot more now in that offense. And I think he's going to be actually, he might be the right receiver number two behind the tight end there. So we'll see what happens with that situation, but he has all the talent. And I think having a full season under his belt, he will take that next step. And another person that I was kind of debating on adding to my, um, the questions in the second segment of the show, um, Players that can make a comeback. Um, I'm gonna go with Calvin Ridley here. Like he's a proven receiver. Uh, he's shown that he can do it with and without a wide receiver number one in that system. I think there was some stuff going in there mentally. I don't know if it had to do with like COVID and all the stuff that's going on in the world that we all feel day to day. I don't know if it's that or if he just didn't want to play with Matty Ice, who was not getting him the ball. So but the talent is still there. That's something that you cannot question. The route running, the hands, the speed. Calvin Ridley is one of those guys. And maybe a new situation to help him out as well. And for number 20, I just went with like a wild card. It was a lot of people who should be higher than this one. But the, the highest ceiling for me is Kadarius Tony. That little three, four games he gave us this year where he was just like the greatest receiver in the whole league. If he can find some consistency with that, he will for sure be in that top 10 throughout this season. So uh, that's my list there. What do you think? 
Yeah, when I look at this here right now, we've got three guys. You got three guys in your top twenty. I don't have that's Bateman, Ridley, and Kadarius Tony. Now I don't have Kadarius Tony in there because I think Sterling Shepard is going to be that target machine. They're going to split. They're going to cancel each other out once all said and done. Calvin Ridley, wild card. I don't know what to expect from him. If he's playing, if he's going to play 16, 17 games, he is absolutely going to shoot himself into top five consideration moving right. forward. He's going to be a top five wide receiver. That's where he belongs. Rashad Bateman, you know how I feel about the Bateman, right? I mean, when we're talking about wide receiver one in Baltimore, there's no question about it because his competition is Marquise Hollywood Brown, and he ain't it. So for me, I love myself some Rashad Bateman. Watch your mouth there about Hollywood. Watch your mouth so, about Hollywood. CLC alone. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. He's not a running back. I can bad mouth him. Now, that means I've got three players that you don't have. And we'll get to this here in a second. For, at number 13, I'm going to go with your number 15 wide receiver. I'm going to go with Chris Godwin, the free agent. I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't know if he's going to go back to Tampa Bay. We don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. If we had some more security about where his, what his role is going to be in 2022, he could be a little bit higher. But for me, he's a little bit down. And that's same with my number 14 wide receiver, Terry McLaren. I mean, Tyler Heineke, so close, want to touch your Heineke. He just didn't touch anybody with the football last year. It was miss everywhere. So Heineke is a good quarterback. He has a role in the National Football League. I just don't think it is an everyday starter right now. He can definitely come in and spot start. He can give you four or five games, absolutely. But if they go through the draft, there's not a quarterback, in my opinion, ready to step in right now. So you're looking at two years waiting on Terry McLaren probably to become, if they go the draft route, to become Terry McLaren that we know that he is. Unless maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick gets another opportunity there. No. I don't know. As a bridge quarterback, maybe. It's but for me, quarterbacks out here now. Yeah, but for me, Terry McLaren right now, that's why he's so far down my list right now because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what that situation is going to be in Washington. Hell, they can't even pick a proper name for their team for crying out loud. The Commodores, Commodores the Commanders. I mean, are they Cobra? Are they Cobra Kai? Are they GI Joe? I, what are we going to call them? Are we going to literally call them the Washington Commies? Seriously, it I'm call them you don't. You don't give your team a three-syllable name. You just don't do it because you always right. shorten it up. It's what it happens. There's too many syllables in Washington Commanders. Five syllables right there. That's too many. That's too many. You got to shorten it up. You got the San Francisco 49ers. We call them the Niners. You know. So you know. I digress. Let's keep on going here. Number fifteen, DeAndre Hopkins. He's getting up there a little bit. Uh, he's got Kyler Murray throwing him the ball. My biggest worry is right now is we've seen it now two years in a row. I know injuries play a factor in it, but we see a regression in Kyler Murray from like week eight on. The last right. two seasons. Maybe that's a disconnect with uh, Kingsbury and getting that offense going. Now we got Kyler Murray wiping out his uh, MySpace account and his LinkedIn and all that other fun stuff that you get on the social medias. But, I mean... Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. We know Hopkins is pretty much quarterback proof from his time with the Texans there early on in his career. But I don't know what that situation is. So he's down a little bit more. Now, a guy, I, the next two players I have in my rankings, you do not have. And I'm kind of disappointed in you because we have talked about both these guys. One is a USC guy. Yeah. Michael Pittman. Are you kidding me? I think I might even be too low on him here at number 16. This guy is the real deal. Whenever you can produce over a thousand yards with Carson Wentz as your quarterback, you got the goods. <laughs> At number seventeen, again, the disrespect. It was Come so hard on, for man. me to keep him off the list. It was really hard. But go ahead. I think I'm still too low on him here at seventeen. I'm, I'm trying to find a way to slide him up. I, I I think 
He can give you better production than even Tyreek Hill and all this other fun stuff. It's Hunter Renfro of the Vegas Raiders. Let's put some respect. What he did this season was no fluke. Expect more. My next guy, here's a shocker, not on your list. A little bit older. It was age. It was all age, yeah. He's still tied into Justin Herbert. Okay, it's Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen at number 18, tied into Justin Herbert. That's an automatic top 20 for me. you got a good quarterback. Like I said, I mentioned I play my dynasty in three-year periods. Keenan Allen still has a three-year period for me that I like quite a bit. At number 19, you have him right in that same area. Number 17, it's DJ Moore. Come on, Mr. DJ. You know what I'm saying? I think he can still do it. But again, quarterback situation is key. It's not going to be Cam Newton next year. Cam Newton, we've seen better days from. Is it going to be Sam Darnold again? I don't know which Sam Darnold are we going to get. Are we going to get weeks one through four Sam Darnold? Because if that's the case, DJ Moore moves up. If we're getting Sam Darnold, uh, who are you going to call type Sam Darnold? Then DJ Moore (laughs) is going to go down a little bit lower on the list. And coming in at number 20, apparently – I'm looking at your list. You got him at number 10. We talked about him being a guy likely to disappoint. I had him as a guy that was likely to disappoint. Heck, I said Jacoby Myers would outscore him this year. And I felt comfortable in saying that because I was really concerned about the drops of one, Deontay Johnson. And I was wrong. Absolutely, I was wrong. I got no problem admitting that I was wrong. I could take it. But for me, Deontay Johnson comes in at number 20 because I couldn't drop him any lower because 20 is an absolute steal for him. But who is your quarterback? Who's that going to be? I think he benefited from a noodle-armed Ben Roethlisberger last year who couldn't throw more than five yards down the field because he was catching five-yard hitch passes and bumping up those PPR numbers. Now, we've got a couple little things here I want to talk about. We've got – I mentioned these names in the draft. we got some big-time wide receivers coming out. Are any of these wide receivers potentially going to make your top 20 list, these rookie wide receivers make your top 20 list, before kickoff of the 2022 season? Is there a guy that you're like, you know what, he could do it? Or is there multiple guys that maybe could jump ahead of Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, Kelvin Ridley for you? Absolutely. I mean, Drake London to me is size, speed. To me, he's like the total package when in, in the draft. Um, and and Traylon Berg, both of those guys have route similar size, running ability, hands. But if Drake can, I've been hearing some rumors about him getting drafted by the um, the charge, the the, the charge, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. If he can get on the Chiefs, that will be explosive. So, and Garrett Wilson to me is one of those guys who just, I think he's underrated. Chris Olave is that dude makes big plays all the time. My guy James uh, James Williams, he's one of the best. I love David Ball. John Minchie's one of my guys. This I love. I love George Pickens. I think he's underrated as well. Like no one really talks about him. There's a guy out in Boise. Uh, what's his name? Shakur. It's just secure, secure. Tupac's little homie, I guess. But he's a he's he's a guy to watch out for too. So this draft has a lot of young talent, and it seems like the league is leaning towards the young talent. They're kind of leaning into it before it's to be like a year or two. Have to wait, you know, to get in the game. But now day one, you guys are wide receiver ones now. So there's an opportunity for them for sure to make that top 13. But to make that top 10, I think it, I don't know about that. Yeah, I can see a few of these guys coming. We just we rattle off these names multiple times. None of these guys should get down to the Chiefs, okay? There's, there's, there's no way Drake London should drop down to the Chiefs. I would be yeah. absolutely shocked if he got down that far. 
I mean, it's possible. We've seen things, crazier things happen. We've watched Jalen Rager and Hunt and Henry Ruggs go before guys like Justin Jefferson in the past. So, you know, who each to their There'll own. Be a so lot of defensive people selected in the first round, too. So keep that in mind. It, it does. It, I mean, I don't know if there's enough slots to get everyone I want in the first round in the first yeah. round. I mean, I can see five of these guys potentially cracking the top 20 as early as this year. I mean, you mentioned Traylon Burks. We're going to hear lots of good things about him. Garrett Wilson, we hear all kinds of things. It's a pick your poison type thing. You, it, whatever you're looking for, this draft seems to have for you. And if you're a good offensive coordinator, you're going to be able to find a way to get these guys the ball and potentially get inside the top 20 as far as fantasy production is concerned. Now, with that said, I mean, we're looking at this list. It's 20 deep. And it was tough to exclude some of these players. Yeah. I mean, there was guys I left off my list that I was like, oh, man, I really got to find a spot. And then I look at my list. I'm like, I've got nowhere to put them. Same. I mean, I cannot honestly put them anywhere. If you want more of my list, my entire rankings is over on DynastyVipers.com right now. The whole rankings list. Go check it out. It's all there. Now, and that's for everything. Dynasty, redraft, uh, rookie rankings. They're all right there. Check that out. Now, my biggest question is here. We're talking about drafting. We're looking at maybe some draft strategy in 2022. I think this is the time more so than that. And I'm a dinosaur when it comes to drafting. I'm a heavy running back round one, running back round two. You're the same way for the most part, I think. Yeah. And you're looking at this. And I'm like, I might really deploy a anchor running back, hero running back strategy because I don't want – I want to maybe get my running back in round one, but I may go three wide receivers – in the next three rounds, we've seen what happened to some of the best running backs in the league this year. They were hurt. They were banged up. We saw injuries galore at the running back position. Those zero RB truthers, they were licking their chops all season long. <laughs> that said, if you deployed some kind of strategy where you went that anchor running back, you went with maybe a Derrick Henry or a Ezekiel Elliott in the first round, and then you followed it up, and I can see why you would. Uh, Allen Robinson, and then a Kelvin Ridley, you were going to find yourself in a very situ same situation as a lot of people that went running back heavy. There were some key injuries at the wide receiver position. I just think it was easier to overcome that by going heavy wide receiver this year if you did that. What do you think, what would your draft strategy be for 2022 as it pertains to this wide receiver class coming in and the wide receivers in 2022? Yeah, the like I said earlier, the, the game has changed uh tremendously in the last year or two it's now fully a passing league but the difference from the couple years before your quarterback is most likely going to be stealing some of those touchdowns away from your your running back so the running back is kind of getting fade out and it hurts me to say it it hurts me to say it and then when you see performances like justin jefferson and you see people like jamar chase you got AJ Brown, you got Debo, you got all these receivers who are like becoming the number one uh, target on their team. You have to kind of lean into it a little bit, but I don't know. I'm still a dinosaur and I'm stubborn as hell. So I'm going to still probably go running back, running back, receiver, 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 quarterback. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking at redraft, I think you got to go with something very similar to that. I think I'm going to go lean more heavily on the wide receiver position, I think, next year. Maybe go get uh, some running backs late in the draft. Some guys like the Sony Michels and stuff. The guy, players, Elijah Mitchell was another guy that a lot of people grabbed late. There are some good running backs coming in this class. We talked about that on one of our earlier shows. The, the Brees Halls, the Isaiah Spillers, these guys are going to find roles with teams. 
where they're going to probably be running back by committee type guys. That's the way that the NFL is going. 10 yeah. years ago, I bet you 25 teams had a solid RB1 committed. A couple of years back, you were looking at half the league. Three years ago, you're looking at maybe 10 running backs had that bell cow status. This year, I think it was down to six running backs that had that bell cow status. And a couple of them missed good chunks of the season. I think that number is going to continue to dwindle down. The running back by committee is going to continue to go up, which I think is going to drive up the value of these wide receivers. We're looking at some good young ones coming in and some good young talent already in the National Football League. So, hey, that is our show for today. We are going to stop talking. We can keep going on all day long when it comes to this wide receiver class, this dynasty wide receiver positions, and the the wide receiver watch list. We can go on for hours when it comes to this. But, hey, we got to go. You got to go do something. Get back to work, whatever you're doing. If you're, I know you're watching this on YouTube at work because, let's be honest, there's not much probably going on at work right now. So, hey, <laughs> if you're there, if you're watching this on YouTube, there's a subscribe button. It's like literally right down there. Well, not it's, like, it's close yeah, up. it's over by me. It's on major side of the screen. Hit it. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Let us know who we're missing out of our top 20 wide receiver rankings. What did we nail? What do we miss? Let us know what you think. And hey, Check us out, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. That's where we're at for all our podcasts. Rate and review the show. Let's get this subscription number for the Dynasty Vipers, Vipercast, up to over 500 on the YouTube channel. Greatly appreciate you guys spending your time with us each and every week. And you know what? We will be back next week. Hey, we might even have some draft preview shows going on. I'll be back next week. Major will be back next week. Tara's going to be back in the house. We're going to get ready to rock and roll. And you know what? Make sure to head over to fantasypoints.com. You want to get keep on rocking in the free world? Well, 30% off your subscription. That's about as close to free as you're going to get nowadays. So, again, head over to fantasypoints.com, and we will see you next time. Take care now. <laughs>